You are listening to Combat Ineffective, The War Room. And in three, two, one. Hello. Uh, excuse me. And in three, two, one. <laughs> Damn. That's how I'm starting this. Wow, that is how I start this. I had the whole thing planned out and ready to go and one, two, three, that's that's beautiful. Oh, that, that that's a quality podcast right there. So, hello everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Combat Ineffective War Room podcast. Uh, today we're going to be talking about something that uh, I've been looking at for a while. Uh, if any of you have seen my videos on on YouTube, or if you've followed the links from CombatIneffective.com, you can find them there. The way that my channel started off was it was of a of an update for the Admiral Kuznetsov, the Russian aircraft carrier, and how it was in dry dock, and how there was damage to it because the floating dry dock that it was on had sank, and then. A little while later, there was a fire on board that caused significant damage to the extent of one to one point five billion dollars, um, and it still hasn't come back out to sea yet. In fact, the updates that they're showing right now is somewhere around 2023. It might be ready to go again, and I started wondering about the Russian Navy and started to do a little bit of research and what I found out is actually quite striking they have actually not come out with anything larger than a frigate in, since about 1998 it seems maybe even a little bit maybe even a little bit less time than that if you don't count their nuclear submarines because they have had some nuclear submarines come out uh, since then, the Beret class has come out, and I believe they have a new attack uh, attack class that's out as well. Um, and I think that's the Leica class, the one that we were jokingly calling a dog, because uh, Leica is the name of the Russian the so the dog the Soviets launched on. I think it was Sputnik two or Sputnik three. It was the first actual living being that had actually been in space, and. It got me to wonder at this point. Oof, that's gonna be a lot of noise on there. I accidentally hit my pop filter right straight into my microphone. And it got me wondering if the Russian Navy, if they are essentially done as a serious fighting force anymore. You look at a lot of their weapons, and, and I mean, this might be in total for the entire Russian military at this point. You've got. The majority of the Russian Navy right now, they have two major flagships right now. They have the Admiral Nakamov, which is a Kirov class, and they also have the Peter Veliki, which is another Kirov class, the last of the two. And in fact, the Peter Veliki was actually long, uh, finally commissioned in 1998, and I don't think it actually saw the seas or saw a major... Uh, a major voyage until probably about 2005 to 2006, if not later than that. And then I started looking at their entire classes. 
they have the one carrier which right now is still in dry is still under repairs it's probably at the port right now uh probably tied up to the docks and not in the dry dock anymore you have two cruisers one of which has just finished a refit that took the better part of 20 years to get done then you have the peter veliki which is set to go into dry dock and if it takes as long as the Nakamov does, well, we're not going to see that ship again until probably 2030, 2040 at this point, depending on what they're planning on doing to it. Then you look at their destroyer fleet, and their Sovermeni class, their Udaloy class, they're all old based on like the 1980s, 1990s. Uh, you're looking at really old designs that they aren't updating and it doesn't look like they're coming up with a new class anytime soon they're supposed to be an air defense destroyer that they're coming out with but it sounds like the class has been canceled uh based on one report that i was seeing that they've suspended the design on it then you look at all of their frigates and they're coming out with a bunch of frigates and patrol craft and not much else so it got me wondering, you know, I had thought of this before when I was talking about the Admiral Kuznetsov when it was in dry dock and damaged the first time. Is this pretty much the end of the old Russian Navy, the, the menace that was there during the Cold War where they had uh, at one time four to five carriers, uh, a bunch of different cruisers, uh, destroyers everywhere and they had one of the largest submarine fleets in the world and now you look at them and ever since the fall of the Soviet Union they haven't been able to even update their navy from what it used to be with the exception of like I said frigates and patrol craft a frigate is a a, a frigate in and of its own self is not a weak warship but when you look at their adversaries that they're going to be facing, they're going to be facing American and British and possibly French destroyers, frigates, aircraft carriers, the like. And a frigate is not really designed to go up against those kind of odds. Yeah, they can do it, but they're really designed more for, uh, depending on the country that uses them, either for air defense or some light fleet defense because they're small and fast um, or you can use them in the anti-submarine warfare role and they're actually fairly decent at anti-submarine because of their small size they can actually use a towed array um, and helicopters to great effect and that means they can get a little bit closer and they can also do what's called the uh, sprint and drift method where they sprint ahead and then drift and try to listen to anything going. And as you're doing that, you're trying to triangulate a position and see if you can hear anything trying to move between when you're sprinting, when you can't hear anything, and when you just shut down the engines. Uh, that together with a helicopter, and you've got, actually got a fairly effective ASW platform just on its own. Uh, you can triangulate positions and be able to attack and do a, uh, any type of submarine out there. Now, as I'm trying to stop my dog from licking my legs right now, because that's what he's doing. Thank you, Napa. I appreciate that, but you need to stop. It's distracting. You look at the other side and where the Admiral Gor the former Admiral Gors Gorshkov carrier went. And it's now called the Liaoning. 
and then they have the Shandong. The PLA Navy is expanding far more rapidly than just about any other Navy in the world. In fact, I think they have the most rapid expansion of any Navy in the world at this point. They're working on their next carrier, which I think is undergoing sea trials, or it's about to. So they're about to have three aircraft carriers. And in terms of countries that have three aircraft carriers, there's only two right now. The United States, which for full aircraft carriers, we have 11 and if you talk with all of our LHDs and LHAs that can carry aircraft, the light, the, essentially calling them lightning carriers, nope, no dog. The lightning carriers, along with that, give us, I don't know, anywhere from 15 to 16 aircraft carriers, and then the Chinese may have three of them. The British have two of them, the French have one, uh, and a bunch of other countries have one, including the Russians. And then you look, and there's one other. India has two themselves, which they're just waiting for the Vikrant to uh, finish up and be uh, ready for the fleet. And that one will be their second, along with the Vikramaditya. Although, I don't know how long the Vikramaditya is going to last for them, considering that was an old Kiev class. Uh, just That was an old Kiev class carrier. And they've turned it into a Stobar carrier because they could and they needed a carrier to hold them over until the Vikrant was finished. So I kind of wonder at this point if the Russian Navy as a threat, it, with the exception of littoral zones like the Black Sea, Caspian, maybe um, the North Sea, and maybe some parts of the Pacific, with the exception of their nuclear submarines which they do have a fairly uh, still a fairly large force of nuclear submarines are they really done as far as a threat and i kind of think the answer is yes and if you look at their entirety of their military their military did not perform even adequately i would think in syria you're dealing with a rebel force that was really outgunned and outmanned by a Russian force that came in with all of the power that they could ever muster. You're talking they brought in every, just about every weapon they could. It was the first time that the Bear Bombers had even seen combat. That was the first time that they had ever dropped bombs in combat. This is a, a Cold Warrior that had been around probably about as long, if not longer, than the B-52, and it was the first time it had actually fired an anger at anything. Then you look at it, they brought in the Su-57 Felon, their brand new 5th gen aircraft to test over there. They were bringing in the Ka-50 and the Mi-28s to test. Uh, they were bringing in the, the Admiral Kuznetsov to launch airstrikes. The Peter Veliki was out there testing whatever it was going to test because it doesn't have uh, land attack cruise missiles. It's basically an air defense platform and an anti-submarine platform. And they didn't even bring in most of their tanks. They didn't bring in most of their armor for it, which I don't blame them for not bringing in their armor because most of their armor was going to be either T-80s or T-90s, considering their newest one, the uh, I think it's the T-14, isn't even up to the full standard at the IOC level for it to be used in 
full uh, full squadrons or regiments yet. So looking at all of that, and looking at their newest fighter, which is the Su-75, which I don't even think they're designing for themselves at this point, based on everything that they were talking about. I really think that it's only going to be designed for export as a light fighter. I think the Russians have finally fallen off. I, I don't think they can actually fund their military to the extent that they need to, especially with how large of a landmass they, they still have. Granted, a lot of it is not anything anybody wants. Uh, the vast majority of the Russian steppes in, this, in Siberia, hardly anyone lives out there. So you've got two major areas that they really are trying to defend. Anything that is up near um, the Caucasus, <coughs> like around the Black Sea, the Caspian, and then you have parts of Europe, anywhere near Ukraine, Finland, uh, Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia, and Belarus, and then you have places like Vladivostok and the Kamchatka Peninsula out in the Pacific. With the exception of those two areas, there's really not much more that they need to defend. And even then, they're, all they're really defending against is, I don't know, rebels from Georgia or Chechnyans or maybe Ukrainians. Uh, I don't think anybody on the Pacific side is even considering them much of a threat. Yeah, they've got some nuclear submarines over there, and I think that's where the uh, Admiral Nakamov was last uh, dry docked. I think that's actually where it was at, is on the Pacific Fleet, but I think they've moved that over to the North Fleet. What else do they have left? So this is the question that I've got. If all of you that are listening and are fans of this channel, do, is this really about the time to say that the torch has been passed and now the Russian Navy is really not the threat it once it used to be and may never return at that. Have the Chinese replaced them as the number one threat to the navies of the West? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm looking at the news reports and everything else. I don't think the Russian bear is as scary as a navy power as it was during the height of the Cold War. And I certainly don't expect to see them returning to that glory anytime soon. In fact, by the time they have that, uh, they were expecting to have four nuclear aircraft carriers by 2025, and I doubt that's going to happen, uh, considering it took this long for the Admiral Nakamov to even come out of dry dock, and they can't get the Peter can't get the Peter Verliki in, and the Admiral Kuznetsov hasn't even finished its refit, and it went in in 2018. So, looking at all that, sanctions coming from Ukraine, COVID hitting them, and everything else that's going on, I kind of think this is it. So, right now, you know, based on my opinion on this, and based on all the facts that I can see out there, and you know it as well as I am, the Russians are very good at hiding most of what they're doing from the media, but they're not very good at hiding the pictures of what's going on. They can say one thing, but you look out there and you can see something completely else. Uh, until we start to see a lot of ships being built, especially anything larger than a frigate, 
or we see the Admiral Kuznetsov actually finish up with its refit and come back out to sea, I kind of think that at this point the Russian Navy is really done. Uh, they have pretty much relegated themselves to, gosh, I don't even know what place they're in at this point. Um, I think the British and the French navies are still are probably leagues better than them at this point. The Chinese navy has supplanted everybody else with the exception of the U.S. navy, although they do have a larger, uh, the PLA does have a larger navy than the U.S. navy, but they don't have the same quality of ships. Uh, even though they have more of them, the, their destroyers probably aren't as good as ours, and they don't have anywhere near the amount of aircraft carriers and submarines to even counteract that. So, with all that said and done, what do you think out there? Give me, give me your uh, comments below in the Wow, I don't even know what I'm talking about. I think there's a way you can put in comments, but if you can't, just wait till this is out on YouTube and you can put them out there. Um, also, if you have any audio clips that you want to put in on this, there is a way I can do that, and I may put them in, in a future video of what you all are thinking about this, and I will try to figure out how to do that. I'd like to thank all of our Patreon sponsors that are out there, including General Richie and Sergio Suarez. I'd like to thank the rest of our Patreons for sticking with us during the hiatus. If you would like to support this channel, there are many ways to do it, including going to our Patreon. Uh, you can find the link for that at our website at www.combatineffective.com. And you can also find links to this podcast there you can find links to all of our videos uh you can find our twitter feed and our facebook page as well be sure to like and follow those as well those help me get this message out and get more followers to this uh there's also ways you can actually support this podcast itself if you go to anchor uh, anchor fm which is the main spot that i put this podcast and you can actually uh support this channel there financially so I would like to thank you all for st stopping in. Please like, please follow, and subscribe. Thank you very much, and you all have a good day.